Hey guys, have I got a fucking episode for you today. I'm joined by both Francis Puglia and John Vallis for Remnant Round 2, or Remnant Part 2, I don't know what the fuck else to call it, but we actually, this is the first podcast I've done in person. Uh, Francis and I wanted to do it last time, we were in the same uh, place together, but unfortunately didn't have the time, so it worked out perfectly actually, because John was here, I was here, Francis was here. We got together on a round table and just fucking shot the shit. And honestly, this is one of those conversations which starts off good, but just keeps getting better and better and better and better um, all the way to the end. So hope you enjoy the pod. We cover a lot of things. Um, I'm sure if you're familiar with my work or Francis's or John's, you'll get an inkling as to how we're going to talk and what it's going to be about. And... I just know you're gonna love it. Um, and if you're new to this, uh, hold on to your pe- hold on to your panties, um, hold on to your tits, hold on to your ass, hold on to whatever you need to hold on to, because we get brutal at times. Um, and it's just fucking honest, straight talking, no bullshit. And yeah, this is real remnant stuff. So thank you, boys, for coming on. And hope you'll enjoy the episode. Share it around, and I hope it gives you all some hope for the future. to the first live episode of this shit. Are we live? We're live, apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. hello. <laughs> Hi, wave to the camera, Francis. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, fuck it, let's go. But we're not broadcasting right Oh, no, now, we're not we? broadcasting. No, 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 no. We're just like we're just live recording. in front of our stupid camera. Oh, yeah. Camera oh, we're on camera. <laughs> we're on camera and we're on audio. I was like, Alex, we agreed on the censorship committee at the end. <laughs> you know, we agreed on peer review before publishing. Okay, um, now this is genuinely the first one we're doing like this, um, that I'm actually recording in oh, person. Oh, you mean in person? Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah, that's, that's gotcha. what I meant. Right. Yeah, in person. Right, right, in person. In real life. So, yeah, um, do you want to introduce yourselves? Who are you? My name's John, uh-huh. and I host the Bitcoin Rapid Fire podcast, and of I really like Bitcoin. This is a joke, by the way. <laughs> anyway, let's, um, this is <laughs> Remnant Round 2, so let's, um, let's talk, you know, me... Francis and John are obviously together, um, and we are. In, should we tell everyone where we are? Like, can we tell that? Uh, we're in Central America. Okay, we're in <laughs> Central America somewhere. We're in a jungle, um, and we happen to be in the same place, obviously. So I decided we should get together and do a recording. The last one we did, I was in one jungle while Francis was in another, mm-hmm. and it was Dave on the call, right? Last time. Yes. And he was in fucking Alberta. So anyway, I now remember that. When was that? I was still in Alberta, I think, at that time. No, no, no. You no, were, you I was. Were, I was already here. You were down here. Okay. Yeah, you were down here because we, we like we had it booked three times and you missed the first two times. Oh right. And me and Dave were like, "Fucking Francis, <laughs> oh, is he gonna make it this time?" <laughs> yes. Yes. I ring so, the bell. <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> so yeah, this time we're all in the same place, <laughs> so it's all good. Um, but yeah, we want to do a round two. So uh, topics. Uh, emergent order, how we all grew up, things like that. So, where do we want to start? I don't know. Do you want to start about uh, Miami? And, uh, yeah, let's do We're talking about people leaving Miami um, with a sense of not wanting to go back to their normal lives mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, actively seeking out the Bitcoiners to spend most of their time with. I think mm-hmm. I've seen, definitely seen that Which emerge. is, in fact, what we're kind of doing, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Even if I think about it, since since Miami, I've 
hung out with Bitcoiners probably, wow, if I think about yeah, definitely like fifty percent of the days mm-hmm. I've been hanging out with the Bitcoiners since then. It's interesting. It's almost like um, what like the, the last year and a half that like split us, um, you know, created like an elastic effect. You know, it's like sort of further and further and further apart, and then came together in Miami, mm-hmm. and then after that, now it's like we're all so much closer. Even though I mean you and I met for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, we'd met before, but mm-hmm. like, fucking hell, like, it was just like a bond. Right, that's the thing, I've been trying to put my finger on like, what precisely changed, and the answer is probably like, many things from Miami, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it just, it feels different, like, and I don't know if that's because so many people, like, there was all this energy for 18 months pent up, and everyone came together, and built rela- relationships, and had a good time, and big announcements, and, you know, the landscape just feels different, and, to what Francis was saying, like people uprooted from where they were and a lot of people were like, I'm not going back. And now there's like this nomad group of Bitcoiners that are just going where basically the most freedom is, mm-hmm. where they can hang out for a time where they're going to be the least like abused by, you know, all this crazy bullshit that's happening in the world. Mm-hmm. That's why I came down here because you both were like, it's better down here <laughs> yeah. and we're down here. Yeah. And yeah. like, it's still kind of, you know, there's, there's, mm-hmm. it's not totally free here but like I think I, I talk to a lot of people in Miami that are like I'm not especially Canadians I'm not going home mm-hmm. like I'm going to the Bahamas I'm going to Costa Rica I'm going to wherever the fuck so but I can't I can't like what I'd love to know like what do you guys think has changed let's just say in like the hearts and minds of Bitcoiners since Miami because like I just feel like it was an inflection point of some kind and how we're thinking about all this has some, some has changed in some way that I haven't been able to articulate yet I mean Maybe it was just like spending time with humans again that like we, you know, we, we know from a distance, but we sort of align with so well because I mean the beefsteak night mm-hmm. for me was like, it's amazing. it was amazing, but yeah. it was also like, it felt like I, I was saying it to people like, it was the first party. It was the first party we had also just, just like regardless of Bitcoin, it was the first time I think most of us just got together in a big crowd. Big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was, for me, it was like a live Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Like, I was walking around just seeing faces right. and, like, oh, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. and all this shit. So it's like, it was it was kind of like long-lost family, in a sense. Totally. Right? High school reunion, almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that, just walking in the door and being like, hey, 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 like pointing yeah. at people like, yeah. holy shit, holy shit, yeah. and all this hugging, yeah. and, you know, it, yeah, was, yeah. it was amazing. Definitely overwhelming, and I mean... Um, one of the main topics of conversation that we had was okay. So how did um, how did your family and friends react to you back home? I had this discussion with a lot of people, talking about how I lost most of my group of friends. Um, how some people in my family were supportive of my frame of mind and ideas regarding the lockdown, regarding the hysteria, regarding um, you know the collapse, the impending collapse of Western civilization and the fiat economy whereas some people some others in my family my, my group of friends ostracized me a lot for being a conspiracy theorist and, and all sorts of nonsense and um, I feel like we all have shed so many of our past lives during the lockdown where it was like that realization that I really don't fit in mm-hmm. I mean when I first the, the kind of yeah I, I don't fit in with the normies at all and I'm out of place everywhere I go mm-hmm. um, and I had this realization probably earlier than most Bitcoiners since I was hanging out at the Bitcoin embassy and I was doing like the mini conference all the time and I was running the meetup. So 
Um, but I'm definitely aware of myself changing over time at the Bitcoin Embassy, just realizing, okay, I don't fit in with my former friends. I only fit in with a certain type of people that share not only the, their, their, their values and ethics that I share, but some sense of uh, we use the same literal apps, we use the same protocol for money, um, we use the same communications networks, we're either all on Telegram or Twitter, um, we all have the same inside jokes, the same memes, the same culture, and so forth. So what's really interesting, I think, is kind of like the, the tipping point of identi like your, your identity is no longer determined by your nation state or your political affiliation because first of all all nation states are fairly similar now we're all like a multicultural melting pot of course there's different kind of cultures going around still but i mean in terms of nationhood i, I feel some kind of uh affinity to my ancestors my french canadian ancestry but i don't i'm not rah rah french canadian i don't think a lot of people these days are rah rah like for their their nation um in terms of left and right on the political spectrum it's really hard to identify either left or right now because there's no real difference it's definitely starting to become something that's more all right am i um in the post-national global collectivist camp where all humanity is coming together to solve these gigantic global problems like the pandemic or climate change or am i more of a free sovereign individual whose main concern is you know my well-being, my state of affairs, and my own internal values and ethics, and um, deriving my sense of meaningfulness from myself and not from the judgment of others around me. So you're gonna have this like kind of like new yeah, dimensions changed. New, new new dimensions, and the Bitcoiners score so many points that the Bitcoiners that we know score so many points on affinity levels. They're like, okay, well now we're we're shifting more towards like this kind of tribes these digital tribes and people they're like okay i found my tribe and in miami there's absolutely no doubt in anyone's mind i belong here mm -hmm. i am amongst my people here <laughs> and now it's over and i'm like okay what the fuck i want that feeling back i was um, i was so happy there i was so excited i mean i couldn't sleep i couldn't sleep right yeah. and, and i had the thoughts and i was so happy um and now people want that back and now they come home and they're asking the question and they're rethinking everything they're like what am I doing here? That's exactly it. Mm -hmm. yeah, nailed it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because like, for prior to the conference, I mean, like you said, for so long, so many of us have felt so alienated. Like, we would begrudgingly go to like social events in our hometowns mm -hmm. and stuff because you don't want to sit at home and do nothing all mm -hmm. the time. But at, at these places, like you're biting your tongue and you're disagreeing with everybody and you're just, you end up just like reverting to like a, a, a very limited version of yourself because mm -hmm. you can't express all the things you believe to be true mm -hmm. or interesting or whatever because the people around you are so divergent ideologically and all you know on so many issues and then you come to bitcoin uh, 2021 and like you said i know tribe is a bit of a cliche term but it's like true right like mm -hmm. everything was just perfectly smooth like everyone's on the same wavelength you don't have to like cross any barriers first it's like you Hug, yeah, yeah, like everything's good, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, how could you not want more of that after that's over, right? Like everyone leaves and you, like there's a withdrawal. You're like, yeah, yeah, fuck, yeah. like that is the feeling I want, yeah. all the time. Like yeah. I want to live around that feeling. I don't want to go back to that jail cell that I put myself in, having to be a different person socially because yeah. I'm so divergent from everybody. Right. And, and imagine just the 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 productive outputs that we would have if mm -hmm. we were in that mindset for an extended period of time. Of course. 
in those conferences, we're always kind of on a high, which is yeah. why I tend to avoid them because I know I'm going to go on a high and I'm going to burn out because I'm going to want to cram everything. I'm going to want to cram everything. But imagine if we were to dose this out over years. I mean, this must have been what the you know founders of the, the founding yeah. fathers must have felt, right? This just sheer um, geographic concentration at one time of geniuses that have balls, mm -hmm. right? So smart people that have a backbone because it's not just enough to have smart people. Yes. Probably yes. something similar happened um, at the you know uh, Italian Enlightenment with Da Vinci and the Medici and all, all that group of you know builders. Probably happened a few times throughout history. I think like now we we have and the thing that's crazy about the internet also and just global globalization is the first time that the remnant have been able to meet each other in one place because there there is a very small pocket of remnant in different places around the world that just just never would meet because of time and space limits but now we're able to physically meet in one space that's why like bitcoin 2021 was the highest concentration of remnant ever assembled in the history of mankind there has never been a time and place where you had just, I mean, how many people were at, at, at that event, like 20,000 or something? And out of that 20,000, which is already a good potential pool of candidates for Remnant, you definitely had like a few thousand, like a thousand or 2,000 people that might be what we would call the Remnant, like a sovereign individual that will rebuild society once it collapses at one place in time. Fascinating, crazy. And then when when you see the version that you become there you're so like you're just on point you have synchronous you have you have ideas you, shit happens you want to build i left that place and i was super motivated i was i was mm -hmm. absolutely motivated and then my motivation started to leave a little bit you know once i left bitcoin 21 i'm like oh no yeah actually i remember why i was demotivated uh because everybody's a fucking moocher and a leech in the real world and whatever i build people are going to try to suck it out of me and I don't want to, but during that little enclave in Miami, I was like, the future is so bright. Look at all these bright minds around me. I can, I can express my creativity. We can build the greatest thing that's ever been built in my, in our entire lives. So I think the contrast is just how pathetic and mediocre everyone else is. Also, um, you, it's very hard. I mean, you don't realize how pathetic and mediocre your friends, family and neighbors are. Yeah. They're just different. Right, but then when you see how much better people can be, you're like, oh wow, they're not just different. They're just <laughs> the, the average is yeah, so bad. The contrast was big for me because, mm -hmm. like, when I when I left America, um, I flew into you know Mexico, and then I was straight into fucking battle, you know, over there mm -hmm. with um with the Airbnb that I was staying at. Uh, they had a gym downstairs. Uh, in, in the apartment complex and they wouldn't let people in the gym without a fucking mask mm -hmm. and they wouldn't let people walk through the lobby just to get into the elevator without mm -hmm. a mask and I just kept I, I just ignored them every single day and just like created hell for them I was like I will mm -hmm. fucking refuse to you know just bend over for a dumb fucking reason right. mm -hmm. and, and because like the contrast was just so strong coming coming from Miami mm -hmm. I had fucking a war for a week in Mexico while I was there and then, um, when I flew into Central America, where we are now, I got fucking arrested. <laughs> I got detained at the damn um, airport because I refused to wear a mask. Yeah. And this little paramedic fag comes up. He's like, you have to wear a mask. And I was like, I'm drinking my water. You know, like, De definitely being like my... just staring the yeah. cunt down. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, well, hurry up and drink your water. So, like, I finished drinking the water and then I pulled out my 
my my little protein bar and I started eating that regularly. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he started really going really red. Hard. You know, he was like, yeah. he's like, you have to put a mask on. I'm like, how do you expect me to eat? Yeah. So I'm yeah. sitting there, and then anyway, he calls the fucking the um the immigration officer to come over, and the guy's like, is there a problem? And I'm like, no, there's no problem. I'm just eating. You know, like I was really cool about it and everything. And and the first immigration officer he was cool. Um, so you know, he left, and then he bring the cops over. Then the cops grabbed me mm-hmm. and, you know, they pulled me over to a corner, harassed me, took my passports, you know, made me sit down. And like one guy was just like this pathetic piece of shit. Like he like I had the mask hit under my nose, like while I was talking to them, like just to just to irk them. And this cocksucker was sitting there and he's screaming at me. He's like, you must wear it above your nose. And his mask is falling be- under his nose. Yes. And I said, what about your one? And he fucking flipped. He's like don't worry about my mask. You must sit down. You will listen. And he like started getting fucking crazy. And I was like, that is one of the most aggravating things uh, someone can do to me is when, when you've already, you've already, I mean, I, I, I'm able to avoid the mask, but not in all situations, obviously. So whenever I can um, avoid it, I do. But when I don't, you know, I put it under your nose and you breathe through it because I genuinely, I don't know if it's a psychological thing, but I genuinely have issues breathing through yeah, the mask. I think it's psychological. This it, it might, yeah, it might be because I'm so uncomfortable with the fact that I'm complying and I feel, <laughs> and I, and I feel so violated. I get my heart, my heart rate goes up and I, I have legit like mask. I don't know. You should call it mask anxiety or something like that mm-hmm. or, or fucking cuck anxiety where I identify as a, as a sovereign individual remnant and you're forcing me into this cuck personality. I mean, um, definitely it's a, it's a little, it's a little troubling, you know, to, to, to just be forced to comply to get your fucking food. And then when someone just does that little, you know, over your nose, you know, just, just go over your nose a little, that little sign where they use their hand. I don't know if you can, you know, like just to, to cover. I, I mean, I just, in your mind, you're just like, yep. (laughs) (laughs) Instantly, instantly think about breaking his nose. And just have, you know, I'm supposed to be shopping and now I have these violent fantasies of destroying a guy's face. Like, this is not, it's not healthy. Right. Right. It's, it's not healthy it's not to healthy. always be, be forced into these, these scenarios. Um, so, yeah. And, and uh, the, the people that do that are the people that have the least amount of power in yes. society. It's always the yeah. retail and level clerk. That's exactly why, though. Because mm-hmm. it, it finally is a form of power that they can exert over oh, others. Yeah, right? yeah. That's why they yeah. take advantage of it so much. We were at the grocery store last night, mm-hmm. and we were three feet from the entrance. And Svetsky was just like, put something on the thing, and was probably just about to leave. And the girl asked him, where's his mask? And he was like, oh, I'm, you know, we're on our way out. We're two feet from the door. And she calls over. She yells to the some manager. guy, like the security, the mask Nazi, whatever, <laughs> to come and do something. About it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Everyone's got a dedicated mask yeah. Nazi working but for that's, them. But that's also the difference from Miami. Like, we were in Florida. Yeah. Everything's free and open, yeah. you know, in other places in the States. And so, like, not only do we miss or do we have withdrawals from, like, connecting so well with everyone and being reinforced in our mm-hmm. ideas and stuff, but we're also shat back out into the ex-red state U.S. world where things are so crazy. Yeah. That's That's a shock in itself. I wanted to say that before. It's like, you know, sometimes I have to stop and pinch myself to just look at how, how ridiculous things have genuinely become. Mm -hmm. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, we live in an insane world. It is the dumbest time. Like the, 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 and the thing that I posted the other day about South Korea. So like in South Korea now that they've, They've mandated that gyms, I don't, I don't know if it's a mandate or if it's just a recommendation in gyms, but 
um, they've got these, you know, the plexiglass between every fucking treadmill, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not allowed to go over a certain speed on the treadmill, and they're recommending that you listen to slow music because apparently that will minimize. If you run the too speed. fast, the wind will like spit out right. your, your uh, droplets further. I can't fucking believe what version of the Twilight Zone we're living in. Like it's fucking strange at this point, man. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and the thing is, you know, they they've managed also to make this about your personal behaviors have an effect on others, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's how they're they're the whole basis for rationalizing this is that there is a an externality cost on your behavior on others. Therefore, the non-aggression principle, and that, that's the one thing that I, I, I find, you know, libertarians have been so bad at is just harping so hard on the, on the non-aggression principles for, for, for decades and decades. Like we must strictly adhere to the non-aggression principle, but all the left had to do was to transform, yes. y- you know, your individual behavior into some kind of diffuse form of aggression where, mm-hmm. well, you're right to live as a normal person ends where my right not to be near someone that potentially has COVID and not wears a mask begins because that is a potential form of harm mm-hmm. onto me and to mm-hmm. others around me. And anything now, and that all goes back to, by the way, it's just to the nationalization of medicine, right? To, to the t- taking, taking over public healthcare because, because the argument is now, well, since I'm paying for your healthcare, I'm entitled yeah, to, to, say, yeah. to, 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 to give you some advice on uh, or to force you into certain patterns of behavior um, that I believe will make it less costly on me because I'm paying for it. And not only that, I'm paying for everyone's health care. So if you, you do something that may affect the health of other people, um, and that, by the way, is in terms of conspiracies and like how we got into COVID. I think all of us have a very similar view on this where there isn't a, a shadow puppet master out there in a committee who's saying, haha, we're gonna bring about the pandemic and then we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do that and then we're gonna everybody vaxxed and, and then once everyone's vaxxed, we're gonna implement this so that we can have our, our ulterior evil motive. Um, there isn't that, have, I don't think, happening. I think it's, an, it's more of a, like an emergent process it's emergent stupidity. Right. You, that, you, you mix, you know, like broken incentives right. with morons. Right. With maybe like sprinklings of intention. Like, so, so I, I don't those know. are the broken incentives. Like, right. people, because when you have centralized structures, right, like obviously the strongest, most powerful incentives go up to the top. And mm-hmm. so, like, whether it's like the head of the farm or the head of the WEF or any of these institutions, even government, when they see, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a handy way to corral and control people, like, mm-hmm. they're. They're not going to be explicitly, overtly, even to themselves, in my opinion, evil. Mm-hmm. But they're just going to see opportunity. Sure. And they're going to follow course. that. And in a centralized system, it just gets pushed down on top of everybody. Absolutely. And then the media and the hysteria and the uninformed and the, the, the fear and the incompetence just takes care of the rest. It mm-hmm. just feeds it all. I think everybody um, in the world, most people in the world that, that, are, that are sociopolitically aware have this feeling that things are not sustainable things are kind of falling apart and you see that emerging through like the climate change narrative is a big is a big one let's just all kind of blame everything on climate change racism is another one that's the the, our our whole system is 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 not doing well what's the root cause must be racism must be something must be something and now you have something to latch onto that's very visible oh it's not our fault that the system it's the fault of this pandemic 
Um, you see it through workers' unions, for example. Workers' unions are just grabbing onto the pandemic to like squeeze every rent seeker out. Every single rent seeker out there is happy with the pandemic because they have, the, the pandemic increases the rent seeking market, like the, the total amount of wealth that can be rent seeked tremendously because the people whose wealth is usually um, extracted have allowed themselves to be extracted a little more yes. because of the fear. And if you think about like the, going back to the, the public healthcare system, you had this, uh, this meeting of these international NGOs that are now running the world effectively, right? So the IMF, the WHO, all of these international organizations that are all about the coordination of the message around the different nation states and making sure that there's no, essentially making sure that there's no arbitrage between different states, right? So the WHO's <laughs> health policies are the same across all the world so that you don't have one spot that, that can be um, where the viruses, I don't know, like have their, their little pandemics or whatever. And then they started out with a new narrative called health in all policies, where since theoretically every single policy, whether it be economic, whether it be um, infrastructure, whether it be uh, energy, any policy can, can be argued to have some impact on health. For example, um, your fiscal policy might drive inequality, and we have a bunch of studies here that show that inequality of income uh, creates all sorts of health issues. Therefore, um, every single issue in uh, the country is, is, a is a health policy issue. So now what we have, we have these unelected fucking sludge bureaucrats from the international health establishment that have established themselves as having a veto over every single policy there is. Now you look at people are talking about um, the inequality of <clears throat> vaccination, inequality of this or that, or, all right, so you lot are gonna have to wait to reopen because we need to get to X vac vaccine threshold, but before we get to X threshold, we, we must make sure that all the target demographics of vaccinations are hit and so, so on and so forth. And it's fucking crazy. We've just devolved into this gigantic rent-seeking bu bureaucratic mindset and it's, it's not going to stop, obviously, because this is all the fiat. This is obviously all of it. Not most of it is called by the fiat Ponzi, mm -hmm. which everybody knows that the music's about to stop. And then they're going to hold on to anything um, before they allow the music to stop. So unfortunately, I think, as we've seen now, the pandemic is over. I mean, we can disagree as to wherever there was ever a pandemic. I don't think there was ever a pandemic. I just mm -hmm. thought that we had statistically speaking, a higher variation of a very intense flu season. That's pretty much what it is if you look in hindsight. But definitely today, there is no fucking pandemic anymore. I mean, obviously this shit's gonna come back every season or the fourth wave now. Like there's no fourth wave in a pandemic, right? There's like one pandemic and then it becomes endemic. <laughs> it's obviously over and people now obviously see, okay, now it's over. Like now there's no more argument against there's no more scientific basis behind it, but it doesn't matter if there's a scientific basis behind it. Because yeah, well, the, the, we've started on this path. Re retracting yeah. what was said originally is political suicide, and it's, um, mm -hmm. it's reputational suicide. And, and that's, again, I think we spoke about this in the, in the first Roman pod, you know, which mm. is, you know, we, we live in a world where responsibility is the enemy. Yeah. Any way to like shove responsibility on someone or something or some other entity or whatever, um, or, or these you know the, these global organizations mm -hmm. which you know don't really have you know a head. I, I think you. Mm. I think it was you who mentioned something interesting about like 
you know, what a politician's job is or what, what the job of, um, you know, these sort of uh, people at the who and everything, what their job is, is to take the fall when the time comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think you mentioned yeah. that. Like, yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. purely their job. Like, the, yeah. the number one task you need to do is we're going to, we know we're going to, like, do something stupid here. Yeah. So at some point, somebody's got to take the fall. So yeah. we'll pay you enough yeah. to take the fall. And that's yeah. partially why their incentives are to identify things that can help them take the fall. I So let's just non-conspiratorial at all, right? So the pandemic was just, you know, randomness of the universe. But once it happens, all those people that know what's happening in the financial system and with politics and all that kind of stuff, they're like, now this There's can be change. very useful. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. because yes. this can absolve us sure. of all the fucking shit that we've been kicking down the road sure. for a long time. Yeah. And when the time comes, we can just say they did it yeah. or yeah. it did it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that absolves them of the responsibility that they otherwise might have to take. So That's they're like, playing to their incentive by mm-hmm. being like, this saves my ass. 100%. Right? It's fantastic. Short of an alien invasion, they could not have found a better scapegoat. And, 100%. and you, you could see that well, before. They, they tried it a few times. Right. There's, right. A, there's a great, um, I saw Dr. McCullough, uh, he had a tweet. The and Time he had, Magazine. Yeah, the covers. Time Magazine. Yeah, like, exactly. The, every, every year. since like 2005. It's just, it caught on this year because like, I, I had a theory about this. It's like, 2019 was an empty year. I don't know if you guys remember. Mm-hmm. It was like mm-hmm. it was like a dud year. Like people knew stuff was wrong, but it was like a sort of like you know well, waiting we, for. We some... knew stuff was wrong. <laughs> yes, most yes. people knew no, stuff we was did. wrong. I think most people sort of had an empty feeling, like a pointless empty feeling. It's mm-hmm. like you know we've been sort of in this innovation like. We knew something peak. was wrong. They felt something was wrong. Yeah, that's the thing. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that's right. a really good way to put it. Yeah. And and you you couple that with kind of a, a period of peak um internet connectivity it was ripe for hysteria to just fucking yeah. spread yeah, yeah like yeah, wildfire yeah. yeah like it could not have we, this could not have happened in 2012 or 2015 or 2016 because it wasn't like enough it, guilt out there the, well, people did not feel guilty enough guilt but right. also the the connection on so yeah. much social media was yeah. just didn't exist true like true. the ability for a stu- a message of stupidity to sort of permeate didn't really exist. I mean, and I mean, what, what did you see after that? Yeah, was one movement after another. Like Me Too was so, sort of a prime the year before. Yeah. Like there was these couple, you know, things that kind of came and Greta, went. Greta, Greta was a good precursor of the hysteria mm-hmm. when we were like, oh, let's put this child in in, in the head, at the head of global policies. Let's just let's just put her there. She's such a you know, everybody focus on Greta and focus on on how she's battling the evil people. Yes, that's that's the battle. It's Greta versus the capitalists. Do not look at the global mm-hmm. health bureaucracy or the global bureaucracy. Period. And so you're making a case for the technological argument, whereas the stupidity of the people was always a latent thing. And mm-hmm. then the internet. I do believe that's true. I do believe that the internet unleashed the stupidity of the masses. Um, which were just not able to coordinate effectively before. Exactly. They were, gave them a voice. <laughs> it, it definitely gave the masses a voice. Um, and Socrates was right. We should never have uh, even engaged. I don't know if you know Socrates was against writing and reading generally. Just everything should be oral so that mm-hmm. um, the, the, the masses can't 
Uh, it's much easier for them to spread their message uh, if it's written down, whereas orally you need to have a debate and it's, it doesn't scale well. Um, but the other thing is also the sheer amount of guilt that people are feeling. I think deep down guilt, I, I had a lot of tweets about that. Guilt is one of the most powerful motivators out there. It is there. the most powerful. Motivator. It is the most. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, I, I hate feeling guilty personally. Out of all the feelings, being very angry, I can cope with. Um, frustrated, I can cope with. But it, when I feel guilty... Um, my internal mechanism is just I, I, I need to resolve this thing like what am I doing wrong I can't sleep at night so that's why everything that I do is ethics and values driven because I hate feeling guilty the thing is most people feel guilty because they get free shit mm -hmm. where, the, where, where does all the wealth come from where yeah. this all I don't do anything I'm a fucking sludge I'm a fucking slob uh, but I mean, I still get food. I still have nice clothing. I have this apartment. Everything's going up. This is why UBI will destroy. Yeah. will be the final nail in the coffin for everything. You just fucking sure, it, sure, right? absolutely. Uh, the guilt of UBI is gonna be unbelievable. Well, you know, I'm gonna wear my mask because that's the cost to pay. That's the cost to live in a in, in a democratic society. society. Yeah. Well, when they say that's the cost to pay to live in a democratic society, what they mean is that's the cost to pay for me to get my weed and fucking Netflix. Yeah. And Uber Eats deliveries on time, you know, before the show fucking starts because I want to have my poke bowl full of plastic and cheap shit. <laughs> Pets. Pets. That's what I call them. Yes. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. So, so you guys know the girl that I've been dating recently. So, so she's, she's got a little puppy who's got um, total anxiety and abandonment issues. <laughs> yes. And the puppy dog. Yeah, yes, little yes. puppy dog. And, and the thing is, it's, it's weird. I've been having this like weird reaction because like, I like pets, um, you know, but... The pet the, reminds you of the mask. It reminds it, it does. I swear to God, I want to fucking kill it. I want to oh, kill it because God. I see it and it's so fucking pathetic. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. just so pathetic because, yeah. like, you walk out of the fucking door and it freaks out because you're yeah. going and, like, and all it does is, like, it, it exists to be, like, you know, give me some food and, yeah. like, yeah. yeah. And, and it, the thing is, it, and it's not, it, it just reminds me of the masses in the sense that they're not inherently evil people. Like, it's just that, Pathetic. We've, we've, like, we had a discussion about, um, and I, I've had this, this, this discussion a lot with all people about my own personal compassion mm, towards mm. people. Yeah. At one point during the height of this thing, I mean, I had zero compassion. Yeah. I had zero empathy. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I, uh, people that follow me on Twitter remember at some point I started to talk about, fuck it, I started to call people cockroaches. I, cut, I was calling people slugs and spineless worms and mindless drones and... I wasn't like hallucinating people looking like insects, but I was walking around town and my aura, my energy was just, was really like, these are different, a different species these of animals. These are lower class, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I, I, even different species. I, and I mean, I don't have any empathy towards other animals. I don't, I can't place myself in the shoes of a bird. I don't know what it's like to be a bird. I don't identify with bird-like struggles. In the same way that I don't identify with these people. And I, I've been having waves of like, okay, just remembering that, you know, mothers and fathers of people that I know are the slugs and cockroaches that I, you know, so, okay, I, I need to make, I need to make sure that I'm not considering it, but it, they, they keep trying to make, they keep making it so easy for me to dehumanize them mm -hmm. in my own head. Like, mm -hmm. and the thing with the, the puppy is super funny uh, to me because it's kind of like you have certain amount of compassion points yeah, within yeah, you yeah, and yeah. then we've allocated, you know, they, they've, sucked out all our patients that's why we're, we're so frustrated it's i mean Unhinged. any patients yeah. that we had i mean 
Imagine like every time you go shopping, they're, they're stealing a little bit of your patience points, a little bit of a com- compassion point. And I, okay, I'm, I don't have any fucking compassion. You just, every, you, people de- devalue themselves as humans in front of you. Like, well, if you keep devaluing yourself, I'm not gonna value you. Yeah. Right? There's, there's two things I wanna mention about that. One, I actually can, I share the frustration entirely and I, like, I know exactly what you're saying. But I do empathize with them because my whole life I've been striving not to be that person, mm-hmm. right? And that's like what we're talking about here ultimately, like it, it goes very deep into the subconscious, even into the spiritual, if you want to take it mm-hmm. there. Like we're talking about how a human being should engage with reality and with other human beings. And what we're seeing around the world is people that have <clears throat> completely relinquished the responsibility to determine that for oneself. Mm-hmm. And they're just saying, yeah, give me my weed and my Netflix and my uber eats and my ubi and i'll be whatever you want me to be mm-hmm. i'll shut up i won't develop an ideology i won't have a perspective on things i won't have strong beliefs i won't have values principles etc cetera, etc cetera. i'll just be whatever you know whatever however you want to shape me and i think all of us are like well we're the exact opposite we're very intentional about mm-hmm. who we are and what we say and what we want to become mm-hmm. and determine and you know spending time thinking about our values and principles and philosophies so that we can you know, we're trying to see with clarity. Yeah. We're trying to discover truth in yeah. all of its different manifestations yeah. and roots. Yeah. And so, like, I can't empathize, but I share completely, like, the critique of those people and saying, like, you fucking piece of shit. You, like, you are taking no responsibility for this gift of life that you've mm-hmm. been granted to develop, you know, to see truth, to see reality, to de- develop a proper perspective. You're just... A complete you're an agent you know like yeah. the matrix has so many good yeah. metaphors yeah. but you're an agent you're just yeah. walking that's through true. life that's programmed true. by somebody else you need to program yourself yeah that's what this is all about and but I, but to mm, the, the, the follow-on point that I wanted to mm, mention which I think brings things back to the conference is I think a lot of Bitcoiners right now share the frustration and, and like looking out at the world and like holy fuck like it really is crazy out there mm-hmm. and I think there's this sense of like what should I be doing right now? Yeah. Like maybe I'm with Bitcoiners or maybe I'm back in my wherever the fuck I came from and I'm surrounded by the craziness again. I know this is not going to stop. It's going to morph and change from one thing to the other to mm-hmm. the other. The insanity will perpetuate as things crumble. How do I, first of all, how do I maintain my sanity? Like literally, like yeah. as you were just saying, like your compassion gets sucked out of you and you start having these really negative thoughts. Like you've got to contend with that. Mm-hmm. you got to mm-hmm. be like, how, how am I supposed to manage that? Yeah. And how should I deploy my limited energy, financial, whatever resources, now. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm jazzed up, I know I have my tribe, but I know things are crazy, like, where do I stand, like, what's my approach now? I think yeah. a lot of people are in that situation. Yeah, like, yeah. What the fuck should I be doing? Yeah, for sure, and I mean, that's a very good point. I, I think as Bitcoiners, I mean, it depends on, I guess, how cash flow positive you are and how many Bitcoins you have, but in terms of Bitcoin right now, I think the, uh, uh, my mindset is, I just need to survive this period of, of time, right? Um, as you guys know, I'm out here in the jungle. I, I spend a lot of time working out. I spend a lot of time um, thinking about my physical and mental health. I'm very conscious of the, the my allocation of mental energy. I only spend mental energy on people that I want to spend it with. And for me, it's it's just been a um, right now. It's just about waiting it out as much as possible. I think a lot of people that haven't done their preparations that are still stuck. I mean, you don't want to be stuck, right? And a lot of people, like, they're stuck where they are right now, and they realize, holy fuck, I haven't done anything, and I'm surrounded by fucking fascists and Nazis, and they are after me, and it's, 
in the beginning, you were able to 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 avoid the masses and didn't have that much of an effect on you. And that matrix analogy is so good. It's so, so good because in the matrix, there's like the NPCs, which are harmless fools just bumbling around you. And all you have to do is to just watch out for them not to stumble on you and you're fine. But then this whole idea of socialist collectivism transforms these people into agents yeah they weaponize right them. They, they they have weaponized it's a great point they have weaponized the masses against us mm -hmm. so now we're like okay we're completely surrounded and i mean a lot of people are, are thinking about okay where should i the, the number one reflex of people is like where should i go physically yeah i need to physically leave and i'm starting to figure out that apart from some of the red state Amer american red states like Florida, like Wyoming, even Texas doesn't seem to be. I, I think, and, and these states, might, it might just be a longer time period before they crumble, like the blue states, um, because of the immigration of the masses towards these states, and because of the democratic process, will eventually, um, because the rent seekers outweigh in number the producers, eventually democracy is just programmed towards rent seeking. Um, I think it's, you know, right now people are thinking about where should I go? And that's what people ask me in terms of advice. Um, if you look at, for example, Katie's passport uh, business has exploded uh, in terms of PR marketing. Because everybody's wondering, where should I go? Where should I go? And there's this business is selling me um, uh, passports. Maybe I can go to Vanuatu. Maybe I can go to another uh, jurisdiction with low taxes. And, but I'm thinking more along the lines of, guys, like you're, you, we are Bitcoiners. We should be able to opt out of the system wherever we are. You know, we, there, there's, the rules are going to be the same all over the planet. The jurisdictional arbitrage window is, is closing in. Mm. I mean, what we've seen in like the sovereign individual, the theory of the sovereign individual was that some states were going to go full remnants, some states were going to go full sludge, full masses, and then the remnant would leave their home states and then go to the, um, the new free states, the new free cities. But do you guys think we're going to actually see that happen or... Is, is this kind of arbitrage really going to happen? Because, I mean, think about, I don't know, I don't want to mention Alpha Salvador now in the discussion, but some states might be trying to do that, but is it successful? Is, it, is, there, is there any state right now, for example, which is welcoming the remnant openly? Well, openly, it's Florida and Texas. You're right. Oh, openly, it's Florida, yes. Yeah. So, so, so I think there, there is, like, to, to your point, at some point, a line needs to be drawn so, so like when you get a a mass of remnant conservative whatever we want to call them bitcoin is you know in a particular place we we, we can actually like for, for every they need 10 of them for every one of us basically mm -hmm. um in terms of influence mm -hmm. and um but for every one of us there's a hundred of them True. So but, we're but still 10 to 1. <laughs> we are still 10 to 1, correct, correct, correct. But I think in these um, mm -hmm. places like uh, Texas and Florida, mm -hmm. we keep coming back to those as an example, the, the threshold may not be 100 to 1. It may be only 10 to 1, which mm -hmm. is enough for us to contend with. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, like, I, I don't know. I, I do quite some hopes on that but also simultaneously is you know this idea of you know I guess outlasting the stupid like kind of before when we were trying to like 
reorganize the tables. You know what I mean? Like, no, 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 that's true. And I, but I think, you know, the, the, that question is a question that we've been discussing a lot, obviously, uh, ourselves. And I think the, 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 what's more important here is than finding the answer is just the question itself, which is the brightest minds in society, the people that actually want to build stuff, are all asking, the fucking Titanic is sinking. Does anybody know where the boats are? Does anybody have a fucking good plug mm-hmm. on some life jackets? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the craziest thing. It's like, what is the answer? I don't know what the answer is, right? Is the answer to build your own fucking, is the answer to do this? Is the answer to keep a low profile? Is the answer to join the system and pretend you're one of them as long as possible while secretly hoarding Bitcoins? I mean, the common thread of all the answers is if you don't have Bitcoins right now, you better you fucking sell your kidney yeah, yeah, yeah. and like get them, you know, or do whatever it takes right now. Sell your home. Selling your home is a great thing. Yeah. <laughs> if, yeah, you, yeah if you yeah, have yeah. a home right now, fucking sell that shit and buy a Bitcoin. This is financial advice. Yeah. Uh, you can hold me accountable for this advice. It will be life-changing advice um, if you can afford to sell your home, like if your life condition. Uh, uh, but we're really at this point where, just another example, um, I'm gonna be, uh, I hired a new part of the Bull Bitcoin team a few days ago, um, a remnant, a Bitcoin remnant that I met in Miami. And his speech to me was exactly the Atlas Shrugged speech, which is, I don't fucking wanna produce something for other people that are jackals that are just trying to get my shit all the time. I just don't want to. Mm-hmm. I am opting out. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough t- for him to be like, well, I'm opting out of that system and I'm going to dedicate now my energy towards your project. But the sheer brain drain and energy drain that we're seeing from productive use in society. I mean, if you look at, for example, a lot of the Bitcoiners that I, that I know that are, that are producers are kind of in a semi-retired state right now where they're like, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable enough to be independent a little bit and I don't want to invest my energy in a new project because who fucking knows what can happen? I mean, oh, I wanna, I, I wanna you know, invest in aerospace. Well, the entire fiat industry, fiat economy isn't subsidizing this, this industry. You have absolutely no chance of keep competing on your merits. Okay, so I wanna go into agriculture um, like our friend Joel is doing, like regenerative agriculture. I mean, he's, he's got a, a lot more willpower than a lot of people. Most people would not have that willpower to be like, no, I will plow the fields with my, with my, with my uh, cattle and I will ju- regenerate the land even if, even if it's just one acre. Um, most people are not like that. You know? They're like, okay, um, I don't want to invest my, my time and energy into this crumbling system. And then there's two, there's two things you can do, actually. It's like you can dedicate your energy to Bitcoin by building on Bitcoin, or you can just buy Bitcoin and opt out and do nothing. Which is, right now I'm kind of seeing Bitcoiners are into both camps like... Well, this, this is the thing, this is where I, I don't think... Um, co- complex problems don't have complex, sorry, don't have simple solutions. So like, th- this is gonna be, you know, the solution to this, I call it the, the lead bullet over the silver bullet strategy. Like, Bitcoin is the one silver bullet, you know, or, or Bitcoin is the lead, right? But we need the lead coming from different guns. I'm trying to find an analogy. <laughs> right, sure. No, that, like, I, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we, it has to be a, mul- a, a multiple of these things. Mm-hmm. There needs to be those of us, you know, building, mm-hmm. you know, Bitcoin businesses and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There needs to be those of us writing. There needs to be those of us fucking berating people on Twitter, yeah. you know. But I, I think there is a huge opportunity for people to just literally, like, 
you know, some people call out the plebs for just being dumb cunt plebs and stuff, but it's like, I actually enjoy watching losers bullied out of their Bitcoin. I think it's a fucking service yeah. to Bitcoin in general. Yeah. Like, you know, bullying a loser out of Bitcoin is more Bitcoin Strengthening for, the network. It, exactly, yeah. 100%. So, so I think we should continue doing that. So no, no, no matter the level of pleb, like if it's, you know, there is some dumb cunt plebs who just say dumb shit and they don't know what they're talking about, but at least they scare off the Ethereum people, right? Yes. So they still provide a service. So, so anywhere <laughs> along the spectrum of Bitcoin, you know, there, there, is, a, there is a lead bullet, right? Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. There's, there's some of us who are looking at building shit, you know, outside of the area. Like I'm going to go to Honduras uh, in the coming months yeah. at some point, and I'm going to go check out what the guys at Prospero are doing there. Mm. You know, so, so I think th there, there is what I'd like to call like pockets of hope in a sea of shit and, and like you know Miami was one of those examples mm -hmm. um, but more in the Burning Man style where it sort yeah. of came together and we left but but I feel like there's there's no one right thing and there's no one right answer and there's no one right methodology totally it's yeah. got to be a mixture of these things yeah. because then it's you know then, then they've got to play whack-a-mole with us yeah and I don't know what the fuck to hit so I think I think like our in terms of the physical world, we're all fucked, right? In terms of um, your physical assets, your physical person, that's what you have to be worried about because there's no there's no geographic location where you can go to that is remote enough um, that they can't find you. I mean, not necessarily remote enough that it's free enough that they can't do anything to you. Uh, I think that right now is also a moment just for gratitude uh, to the fact that at least whatever they do, they can't take our fucking bitcoins. Mm -hmm. That is honestly, there, there, there's, there's two things that that make that give me strength throughout this period. Um, one of them is they're never gonna take my bitcoin, and my bitcoins are gonna be worth a fuck ton of money in the future. So that's 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 the number one thing is like I, I just imagine myself being so much wealthier than everyone around me. I imagine them begging for a job to like. You know, clean my shoes, and that's what gets me through. <laughs> and the the other one is uh, so there is this this positive aspect. You know, this is the positive sign, right? In the future, I will be able to hire them to clean my shoes and be benevolent and giving them a job. Um, but the other aspect. You're nice. Like, I'm gonna fly over them in my <laughs> helicopter. I'm gonna drop bags of shit on them. I With, I like, know. I told you so. I'm gonna be like. Yes. Just like let it splat all over the fucking. Oh no! I know! I know! That's that's one of the reasons why I'm. I, I think uh, Mirsha Popescu um, passing away in such might might be a good thing for for the universe because um, uh, a lot of people uh, f feel a, a strong desire for for revenge. Me me amongst the first. Um, uh, so, but um, and then the other part of it is not only am I going to be uh, wealthy, but um, they are going to cry. Eventually, like eventually it's going to when the entire fiat system collapses, there will be no hiding what right now. Everybody's hiding behind everything else. They're hiding mm -hmm. behind the signs. They're, they're, they're hiding and, and musical chairs, man, the, mu the music one day, the music will stop and we're going to be laughing and they're going to be crying. And then at that time, it's up to us to decide whether or not we're going to be like, it's OK, lift them up again or just go our own way and do our own shit and build our own stuff. Um, so I, I prefer they all starve and then, um, and yeah, seriously, like th this sounds bad, but I, at this point I don't care. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm with the depopulationists and I think, you know, like that they can, 
that they can reap what they've sown. I will not share a single fucking Satoshi with them. Oh, they, sure. They will have to work for it. Sure, sure. Um, and they will have to earn it. Like, you know... I mean, that, 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 that's how I see, for example, my contribution to Quebec and French Canada, um, you know, more broadly. I've, a lot of people are asking me, like, from my, my, my connections there, like, when are you coming back? And my answer is always the same as when people beg me to come back. <laughs> like, that, that's, that's when, I, I mean, I will come back and I will give my energy to the people again. I will do it, I will do it because I feel compelled to do it. And I'm sure one day I'll be, I'll be like, uh, I'll be trying to, I, I won't be exclusively focused on just a few remnants like I am now, but it will be when they have earned it. When at least, at least they have apologized for doing that and now they beg us to come back and help them. Um, and they might not do it, you know, they might hate us while we rebuild the world, but then we won't really care. So I don't know. Um, but to like on that point, I think there, you know, the, the only refuge that we have is, is Bitcoin. It's the only, it's the only safe refuge that we know we have for sure. Um, so let's all use it. And also we are in a time in history where two things are happening uh, versus like in government enforcement and coercion at the same time. One is that um, they desperately need everybody to comply and everybody to produce revenue more than ever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. B, they don't have the manpower or resources to extract the revenue and enforce the compliance. So the compliance is being enforced in a decentralized way by getting the shop owners and getting the neighbors to enforce and the yeah, media. That's the, that's the, the weaponizing of right. the sludge. Yeah. So they don't, there's no, they, they cannot pay for police officers to go down people's homes. So there's like the culture of compliance, which is outsourcing that part of the government. But the other part, um, the, uh, uh, the, the financing, um, they're definitely desperately going to go after people's money as much as they can. And the only thing that you can do as a person is to not be the low hanging fruit. Yes. Not be the low hanging fruit. That, that's like, instead of trying to, you, you don't, it's, you don't outrun the bear, you outrun the other guy. Mm -hmm. Right. That's, that's what Bitcoiners have to think right now. So, um, just, if you can't just pick up your shit and leave, just make sure that, you know, it's, it's way harder to go after Bitcoin's you than to go after your neighbor. Side, man. Like, you, you know, that, that, that's what gets you in front of the other guy. Mm -hmm. um, and and, and yeah. I think one of my favorite things about Bitcoin, I want, I want to ask you in a second about like thoughts about dropping shit on people, but because um, <laughs> I know you're more sensible than I am. But uh, <laughs> the, the, the thing I love about Bitcoin is that not, not only does it give refuge, but it actually sucks the well dry mm -hmm. um, from the existing state. And, and I think that's what a lot of people... Um, underappreciate when they when they think you know when they're trying to ask the question about how does Bitcoin change the world mm -hmm. is that that it is the the Ayn Randian yeah. um, you know embodiment sorry it's 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 an Ayn Randian manifestation in the sense that you know as the productive people left and left to the gold mm -hmm. uh, uh, gold's gulch sorry. Um, they they took their productive capacity out, mm -hmm. yes. which which lessened the 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 base upon which the parasite can feed. Right, and and that's what Bitcoin fundamentally does. For sure, is, and and that's why you know whenever I talk about Bitcoin, I talk about it as look, yeah, 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 it's it's a it's the most important economic decision you'll ever make, but you're actually a dickhead if you're not um, removing everything you have out of Bitcoin. Just yeah, the very minimal amount. Yeah. 
in the system because you're feeding it. Mm-hmm. You're, you're actually feeding it. Mm-hmm. Starve the fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I, I guess... We, that's not we, just a political move. Like, that's also in your best interest. It is. Right? It's so, 100% in yeah. your best interest. So, so you've got this interesting thing. is like, we're on... We're on the uptrend mm-hmm. because we're actually we've got economic mass coming our way, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and that's building. Yeah. Whereas the existing system is actually on the downtrend. Yeah. But we're so far apart still. Yeah. So so, so I don't know where the tables turn. That that's mm-hmm. the only thing. So it's not a matter of if; it's a matter of when. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and we've yeah. got to last long enough. Yeah. For that thing to to happen, but once it happens. Fuck me, the swing is gonna be wild. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It is going to be wild. Like we'll, we'll go from being like hiding one day uh-huh. to being the fucking kings of the world the next day. Like right. it'll be, it'll be, a, it'll be a switch, mm-hmm. and, and it's gonna happen so fucking fast that head's gonna spin. No, no, for sure. And um, you know, um, in in the real politic of the world, uh, the the game theory of Bitcoin. Right now, we just have already internalized that we win, right? Because all of the incentives are so insanely tr- strong in favor of Bitcoin. That the only reason why people are not massively migrating to it right now is because of lack of information, right? Because because of lack of perfect information in the, in the lack perfect, of perfect information and lack of um, you know, they they're still because the prices they haven't mm. crossed the pain threshold yet right sure you sure. know like i always i always but pain is information pain is information and prices prices like like a feedback right like a feedback yeah yeah um but it's gonna fucking swing right in, in the other direction and i think you, you you said it well like it's not a matter of when it's a matter of uh, it's not a matter of it, it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when and in my mind just like if anybody's still discussing the uh, is Bitcoin going to take over or not? Um, you're out of the discussion right now. The discussion is what the one we're having now is how do you place yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How what moves do you make now so that when the board has been reset, which is hyper Bitcoinization, when that wealth transfer ends, where you're not going to be able to be rich anymore just by holding Bitcoin, you, at some point you're going to have to fucking work for yes. money. You won't yeah. be able to just hold the money. Um, although it will save you wealth over time, your wealth will deplete as you spend it. You won't yeah. be able to. Um, but right now, that's that's the that's the discussion we're having. And part of the also in Miami, going back to that conference, because and, and I like the fact that we're all talking about the conference because I'm still obsessed about the conference and I still think a lot about what the before and after. There was also this feeling of uh, my my own irrelevance right so the inevitability of bitcoin was extremely striking to me at that time i i knew that bitcoin was inevitable from an intellectual point of view um i you know went through all the possible scenarios in my head and the way that everything unfolds based on the uh first principles and um it can only win right bitcoin there's the only outcome is bitcoin dominates but then it's another thing to to feel it to really feel like holy shit, like we are the coolest people in the world right now. <laughs> this is the coolest place on earth. This is the only place where shit is happening. Like, y- y- like, like everybody real deep and meaningful. Shit. That, right. That's, that's right. exactly what gives me hope. Right. We're talking about the sludge and the you know dropping shit and depopulation and all that. <laughs> and you know, since I was like a teenager, I would look at like you know some news interview with some like you know, Southern state, you know, trailer trash sort of person giving an interview. And I'm like, how the fuck does this get turned around ever? Like, mm-hmm. we're, we're just 
going way in the wrong direction direction and this is the type of people that are being produced as mm -hmm. a result but and we got to realize how we're, we're 12 years into this mm -hmm. on a historical timeline that's like mm -hmm. that's nothing and look at how much it's changed so to the point of like should we seclude ourselves in the jungle for the next decade and just ride it out and do our thing or be a part of small communities that become bigger and bigger and bigger and, and affect change in that mm -hmm. way the, for me the conference was like people want this they're you know yes their fear and their insecurity and their you know their conditioning and all the other stuff gets in the way but people want you know genuine human connection and friendship and love and trust and prosperity and peace and intellectual stimulation mm -hmm. and health like people deep down they want that it's just obfuscated by a bunch yeah. of stuff and that's what Bitcoin is creating as a culture mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so you fast forward that a decade or even like you know six months and then a year and then two years mm -hmm. and then three years like that I think the appeal of Bitcoin is not just like yes you can opt out get in a life raft preserve your savings from all the people trying to take it from you but like you can opt in to a culture that offers that. Sure, sure, that's and, true. And the more that people are together rather than secluded, the more that's obvious, right? So let's just say Miami or Austin or some tiny town somewhere becomes like more and more Bitcoiners go there because there's more freedoms, right? There's a magnetism to freedom, obviously. So to your question before, I do think Bitcoiners will gravitate towards those areas mm -hmm. and hopefully they can amplify what's happening there rather than, mm -hmm. you know, it diminish. But that I think even though we're going to be demonized in the short term, for sure, you know, mm -hmm. climate change and radical people and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think the culture that Bitcoin fosters and the economy that Bitcoin fosters and the innovation and the wealth and the creativity and all the amazing stuff that's going to come out of this, that will appeal to more and more and more people. And as Bitcoin sucks people in that communicate differently, like even the three of us, we communicate differently, our messages are going to resonate with different people yeah. differently. Yeah. And yeah. so the larger the mass of Bitcoin becomes, the more it appeals to more and more people. And so like, we've got a long way to go because 99% of the world is stupid motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. But that gives me hope that, and I've seen so many of these transformations, you know, I've talked to people that were like, died in the world socialists a year ago mm -hmm. and now they're hardcore Bitcoiners. Yeah. Yeah. And so it has that power of transformation and that, you know, that it goes all the way down to the religious and spiritual yeah. Yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, domain. Yeah. But yeah. the fact that it has that propensity gives me hope to say like, okay, you know, we're early. It's, you know, you know, we're in the middle of this process. Sometimes it's hard to see things in the middle. Mm. Zoom out what's happening. People are being transformed and they're being transformed by this entity. So that gives me hope, you know, when, most of the time I want to go insane by what things look like, you know? Yeah, against, I mean, against the specter of... Oh, I was speaking to a young guy who's running a channel called, like, he calls it Not the BBC, which, which is great. Like, so he's like a... He's a, he's a, he was a young English guy and he wanted to interview me um, because he saw me do the interview with uh, Edward Griffin, um, mm -hmm. the... Jekyll Island. Jekyll dude. Mm -hmm. and, um, and he's, like, sort of really fresh to Bitcoin, you know? So he came to me with the whole crypto and blockchain pitch and like I just took him through the whole narrative like because he was already super red-pilled this kid mm -hmm. but new to crypto and blockchain sort of stuck in the whole thing and I kind of like framed the you know blockchain is a uh, enterprise attack on Bitcoin and crypto is a fucking um, corporate slash state attack on Bitcoin sorry mm -hmm. blockchain's an attack on Bitcoin and, and crypto is an attack on Bitcoin they're, they're both attacks on Bitcoin because Bitcoin represents the only thing that these idiots become irrelevant in um, and I, I guess part of um, 
what I was trying to um, discuss with him is this like the e economics is the fundamental study of reality before anything else like economics is the study of you know the, the movement of energy basically right the movement of time energy and matter mm -hmm. like and how that transforms and transacts it and that's where I think you know that that's why I'm adamant mm -hmm. and you know when we were in the fucking car in Miami when you know you pulled that whole you know fire Bitcoin teleportation it's the fucking greatest mm -hmm. saying ever because mm -hmm. it really is that big I don't think people realize how transformational uh, Bitcoin no. is like the internet was a you know a means Bitcoin of leverages like, everything else exactly Bitcoin compounds everything else correct like right. yeah yeah fine on the internet we can send each other dick pics yeah. and like you know messages Bitcoin allows us to transmit fucking human action and energy and time like that right. is orders of magnitude greater than the internet the internet is a fucking kernel you know in in the Bitcoin um, recipe right so so what it will do like against the specter of something that is immovable like against the specter of the speed of light or against the specter of the second law of thermodynamics you know our behavior um, what we do the actions we take are um, either made true or false you know against gravity like you can talk as much as you want about <laughs> flying yes. when you're jumping off a fucking cliff. Yes, yes. But when you come up against the reality of yes. gravity, yes. you're fucking dead. Yes. So, 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 th that's what Bitcoin brings: the the power of gravity, yes. the power of the speed of light, the power of the second law of thermodynamics, and it uncovers the lie. Um, and in uncovering the lie, you have two options as an individual. Yes. You either fucking transform into remnant or you die as a sludge. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Yeah, and yeah. I have no remorse anymore left for those who want to choose to die as sludge. That's it. If you want to starve, if you don't want to transform or awaken in the specter of fucking reality, then fall off the cliff. I'm not going to come and fucking save you. In, in a normal world, you wouldn't even think about them. Yeah. Right. So, so just despising them is a, a huge expensive mental energy, right? In, in, in an ideal case, um, you would just kind of like be doing your own thing like Howard Hughes style I will mm -hmm. just create an aviation industry and who are these people around me? I don't yeah, know yeah. or care <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as my coffee is served and I go to work, you know, and uh, This is a theme that I've been uh, hammering on a lot. I we, we discussed this over dinner a few nights ago about uh, uh, Cervantes and Don Quixote and uh, the uh, people yearn to be heroes and people value heroes in their tribe Always, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then there's different cultures and different sociological factors which uh, lead you to believe like certain things are heroic or some, certain other things are heroic, but always it's, it's you're looking for the heroes. And there are so few opportunities to be a hero today. What the fuck are you gonna do if you're a hero? If you're an aspiring hero mm. or an aspiring explorer, like you're gonna like, wear a mask, Francis. You're gonna, and you're gonna take a vaccine. That will not. And, and, you, and you know what? They have been doing that, but it doesn't last very long, though. If you are truly in, in, in seeking heroism, you'll be the first to wear the mask. But after a little while, you'll be like, oh, everybody else is wearing the mask. There's no nothing special in wearing the fucking mask. You know, there was something special in being the first one to wear the mask and calling for all the humanity to wear a mask, like Balaji, you know, they were heroes of the mask revolution, um, or Talet, you know, they, but eventually you kind of like, that kind of wears out. What does the aspiring pirates do or the aspiring astronaut do these days? Like nothing. So, you know, like, you know, 
blockchain is like not technology and Bitcoin is exploring the seven seas and conquering new continents and being a pirate. Whereas, you know, you see, you see the, you, you know, you see like Francis Drake just conquering nations and exploring shit. And you're like, oh, I really like the way he did his knots. Like there must be some value in the way that his sales are, you know, you're missing the fucking point here. Um, and uh, uh, Bitcoin is like, what is Bitcoin? Bitcoin is Mount Everest. Like that, that's what, how I would describe it to programmers is like, why would you program on Bitcoin? Well, why would you climb Mount Everest? Just because you're fucking better than everyone else. You know that, don't you? You're better than everyone else. Well, prove it. Plant your fucking flag on top of the mountain and then you'll be able to show everyone that you're better than them, right? It's like we always want to kind of achieve at something and, and Bitcoin is just this endless terrain that we can just conquer. And um, it's really sad today. I think that's why a lot of people are, are going to this climate change, going to this inequality. Everybody wants to be a rebel. You see all these young people, they're, they're truly thinking they're going to liberate the the um, the oppressed and they, they, they want to do something great and, and heroic. And this is the biggest strategy is that we've just told them, okay, so this is how you'll be great and heroic by complying. Doing yeah. what you're told. Yeah. By doing what you're told, you're actually saving the lives of millions of people. Would you, can you imagine that, you know? And, uh, and also by empowering them, you know, to snitch on the others and, and you can do your part by reporting your neighbors and you can do your part by making sure that everybody has the mask over their nose. And every time you do that, you get a sense of gratification and maybe, okay, so I feel like shit because everything is free and cheap and I don't know why they have all of, because people don't, I, I don't know what it must feel like to be a normie and have all this fiat shit around mm. them. I mean, I personally have, I'm sure I don't have zero subsidy. I, I, I'm sure I'm not fully unsubsidized because I must be subsidized by ways that I don't. But I'm very conscious of the money that I've made and it's 100% ethical and I like the money. I, I know where that money came from. It came from taking risk at the right time and having placed myself in an intellectual setting where I could receive the download from the universe information and be like, all right, I acted upon it. But a lot of people, they're like, how, how do you feel? And of course, and uh, going back to this idea of Cervantes, uh, who wrote the book Don Quixote, you know, Don Quixote is this knight in shining armor uh, at the period where the knighthood is ending and modernity is arising. And his whole identity is to be a knight in shining armor, which is helping uh, against the villains. And as modernity switches, he realizes that there is no more enemy for him to fight and he goes crazy. Mm and then goes on to fight the windmills. Yeah. <laughs> and no one wants to tell him that the windmill is not actually a giant, it's just a windmill, because they can see that his identity is so tied to him fighting the, the monsters that if he realizes it's windmills, he's just gonna die, he's just gonna go crazy, and we don't want that, because he's a nice guy. Um, so I think that's kinda like what people are reacting right now. They're, they're just like, A, they feel guilty because everything's free and they didn't earn anything, yet they're still having an insanely high descent of, of living, so it must have been taken from the blacks. It must have been taken from Mother Earth. It must have been taken from the grandmother from my selfishness or something like that. And then, all right, I also want to be a hero. What am I supposed to do now? Well, I can't build rockets, of course, because you need to be in a committee to do that. I can't do anything because I'm a hero, I'm a pirate. Like, I'm not gonna be able to go through 15 years of the loops of the administrative system, the, the people who have the opportunity to do heroic things, like, you know, our fiat addicted friend Elon Musk, 
um, have got there through a bureaucratic process. You can't just get there through shill. You can't be a, a Henry Ford anymore. It's just impossible. You will be stopped. Someone will stop you right as you start. Like even before you start, they're going to convince you. Even your friends and family would have an intervention. Like, no, you can't just build. You can't just go out there and build. You need permits. You need this. You need that. What about the environment? What about what other people think? Have you thought about what the news are going to say? Money transmission license. <laughs> right. Money transmission. Can, can you even send money without a money transmission license? Um, so that's what Bitcoin offers. Bitcoin is just like, well, you know, there's, you can just do this. You can just go into Bitcoin and then that's such a low hit. And it, it's so funny. We're talking about like the, 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 the bar has been set so low to be a hero. Back in, you know, our early days as, as, as a species, you would be a hero when the lion just arrives in your village and you fucking grab him by the neck and fucking, it's very hard to be a hero. And then all the, the ladies love you and all the men look up to you, you know. Now, you know, that the bar has been set so low that just by not wearing a mask in a store, you'll see people look at you. And, and a lot of people will be like, they look at you like they look at a hero silently. Like, yeah, you get dirty looks and shit like that. But, you know, you walk, people will be like, you know, you get, you get gangster. Yeah, gangster. <laughs> I, like, I got a standing ovation on the plane from Turkey to um, Brazil because yeah. I stood up to the dumb bitches on the fucking plane because yeah. I was flying business class. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I put her in a place. She, she's like, you have to wear a mask. I said, no, I don't. You yeah. know, I pulled out my bullshit medical certificate, yeah. blah, blah, blah. This is business class, bitch. Yeah. You do whatever and, we want yeah. up here. And then I told her, I said, look, if you want to wear a mask and if you want to wear a hazmat suit and you want to like cover yourself up, that's fine. That's mm -hmm. your product. I'm willing to take the risk here. Mm -hmm. Everyone else here who wants to wear a mask, look, and I like kind of pointed to everyone. So if you guys feel safer, you can wear a mask. But, you know, I said, you don't have to worry about my safety. I'm okay. Mm. And like, you know, I kind of put her in a situation where the only rebuttal, she said, well, well but that's the law. Like she had nothing else to say. Yeah, of course. And you know, then like well, that's the she, last when she speech. left, yeah. yeah, when she left, the the guy, like all the other people in business class, they were like, "You're right." And they yeah, were like, yeah, yeah. good clapped. job. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And like you, a, a lot of people, I, I think that there's a lot more people that are just so cucked, and then they see you being uncucked, and they're like, "Wait a minute, I can not be a cuck." There's a choice not to be a cuck, and then I, I don't I don't write them off right away i think you can write off a certain part of it like a good 50 percent chunk of the population is fucking useless and then i don't want to like go into details of the percentages just out of my ass you might have like a three percent remnant but you might have like a like a 17 percent that's like remnant ish mm -hmm. you know and then it, line, yeah. and then in the future they're going to like pretend they were remnant this whole time they'd be like oh yeah i told they had a mask exemption bracelet also obviously <laughs> but they're, they're kind of like they're kind of like on 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 the on the cusp you know yeah Oh, the, and the, 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 I think there's an interesting point about like people being sold a false hero's journey, right? So they're yeah. given this easy because I think hum, human beings feel a call to adventure, if for no other reason that we live in yes. an infinite universe, and so the novelty of that is always pulling you forward your, yeah. with your curiosity. But these people have been sold, as you said, like you can be a hero by complying because this is why. This here's a ready-made mm -hmm. uh, like example of why you're a hero if mm -hmm. you do this and because people are lazy and because people aren't by default courageous and all that kind of stuff if you give them the hero moniker easily mm -hmm. they're going to take it mm -hmm. but what, what bitcoin represents is like a true shelling point for actual heroes like mm -hmm. the archetypal heroes in religious stories and all mm -hmm. sorts of other stories throughout history is not just like the courageous dude from the group it's actually 
it, it's instructive on how every person should live, mm -hmm. right? How to confront the chaos of mm -hmm. existence mm -hmm. and establish order, you know, to use Peterson's framing. Mm -hmm. And usually when they, when like the reason why in these stories, the hero, you know, is first like a little pussy and then he goes through like a rite of passage or he matures in some way through mm -hmm. some ordeal and he stays courageous and, and persists in confront in recognizing that disorder is encroaching yes. right the established order is is falling away despite the odds the odds are always right. against him and he yeah. says new order needs to be established and it's yeah. found in the chaos yes. of the unknown yes. so i need to go into the chaos of the un unknown and bring something back to help reestablish better right. order right. and right. usually when that happens they're always considered to be an enemy or a threat or derided because the people that are still holding on and grasping to the old order, consider it a, you know, a, a disruption of the articles of faith of the culture. Sure, sure. Right? And so they, they would rather Absolutely. ignore the encroaching yeah. chaos or the, ignore the encroaching uh, disruption and degradation of the culture or you know, are susceptible to the delusion or whatever else to avoid confronting the truth of what the hero represents, which is... Right. The, the order needs upgrading. It can only be found in the chaos. It's incumbent on every single person to approach it in the heroic fashion mm -hmm. of being courageous about doing so. Mm -hmm. And what are Bitcoiners? Here's this thing that we don't fully understand in Bitcoin, which come out of the chaos and we're, we recognize that it's special. We understand elements of it. Mm -hmm. We understand that it can update, it can resolve some of the issues that are causing the degradation of the culture. But that's kind of it. Like it's way mm -hmm. stranger than we Yes, we know, right? We, yeah. we can't really articulate it, but it's a it's it's that form of truth and it has that ability that we it's calling forth our courageousness. It's calling forth our disagreeableness. I mean, look at all of us, right? This, this characterizes the conversations we have with, with everybody. We're saying, no, we're not going to swallow the Kool-Aid of the incumbent culture that's trying to say everything is fine. Don't worry. House is on fire. Mm -hmm. We know what's happening here. We know what's being degraded and we think we found the, you know, the best solution to upgrade that culture. And if it means we're going to be derided, isolated, alienated, criticized for pursuing that, then so be it, because we know that it's right. And that's, that's the archetypal hero's journey. Mm -hmm. And so that's the real one. Yeah. 99% of people are being sold the false one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, don't, I don't think that the false one is believable over an extended period no, of time. I agree. It's not. Wait, it's it's wait, a which is, to emptiness. Which is why, uh, which is why the climate change uh, view and the recycling view and the environmental view, I think it, it dwindled in 2019. By the way, one of the reasons why I think uh, the pandemic was, was, was hammered on so hard was the, the, the fires in Australia had like no effect. On, on on policy or opinion and everybody was they, they were hammering so hard like Australia is literally on fire the, 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 the earth has warmed so much look at these photos and nobody gives a fucking shit anymore about that like this the 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 hero's journey of, of putting your can in the recycling box of, of having your metal straw is is such a thin straw to, it's such a small straw to the grass you know grass max straws you know yeah uh, it, fucking... it doesn't actually feed your soul the no. way that you're acting heroically day to day is sure. supposed to. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you can feel that to your point earlier. Right. Like most of these people don't explicitly right. understand this, right, but you right. can feel it. Why is you know depression and anxiety and all these like mental health issues so in, mm -hmm. you know endemic in our times? Well, there's lots of reasons, but one of them is that they've been placed in this system that doesn't foster or allow 
the actualization or expression of the truest aspects of themselves, mm -hmm. their soul, or what they're meant to be as mm -hmm. humans. Mm -hmm. All that's been neutered. Yeah. All yeah, that's yeah. been taken away. And a, a part of Bitcoin that's really cool is that there's no bailouts in Bitcoin, so you know it's really fucking easy to lose your money. That's very. The, that's easy. the gravity thing. That's yeah, the yeah. specter of reality. A, a, absolutely, the gravity of Bitcoin does not forgive yeah, at all. It's yeah, very yeah. unforgiving. Um, just a little shout out to the book "The Moon Is a Harsh Mistress," uh, because specifically in that book, um, why it resonates with Bitcoiners is because on the moon there is this culture where if you fuck up, your airlock opens, you're fucking dead. <laughs> there is no atmosphere. There's no resources. Everything is extremely dangerous. In the, in the culture of the lunar colonies, if you do something wrong, you are immediately executed. There's no prison system there. There's no redemption over there. And it creates this kind of culture. And like that's what's super cool also about Bitcoin is the radical responsibility. Mm. People crave responsibility mm -hmm. big time, mm -hmm. big, big time. That's why it's so easy to feed them. by You can be responsible For by, doing this, by doing that. You know, you can be responsible, custodian of the earth, you can be a responsible citizen by, by but voting. Like, and by but it's this. like a vague responsibility. Right. Like, that's what gets right. them. Is like, it's, you don't really be responsible like for fiat, yourself. It's, it's like fiat money and fiat food. Like, you want money, you want food, and then you're like, I'm not, I don't feel nourished, but it's still food. So, mm. a it's, lot of. It's responsibility without sacrifice. Yeah, Those exactly. two things have to be together. Yes, yes, but yes. It's, it's like it's the, the climate change people, they get to say, like, Virtue signal, like yeah, I support you know whatever fuck measures are being put out there. And fly there but around. I don't have to change much or anything yeah. about myself. So it's a I'm going to go pass. to Davos and tell you guys it's what a, to do. But I'm flying there in a private jet. Yeah, it's only yeah. responsibility if you actually have to give something up to take it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Responsibility is a trade-off. Um, or risk something. Or even take a risk. It's it. You know the because you you can give something up uh, and be a virtue signaling climate cuck by doing something like, oh, I'm gonna take, well, I mean, I, I doubt they don't, they're not actually giving up cars because they don't, they probably don't like cars, but they're, you're risking something, right? So, so you cannot have responsibility without taking risk. It's just, it's just impossible. Sacrifice is possible, uh, is the sacrifice is taking a risk and losing, mm. right? Mm -hmm. It's this risk culture, man. Like since when people that are taking risks now are vilified, yeah, 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 that 100%. person took such a great risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, well, I mean that that ties back into the hero's journey. The whole point of the hero's journey is to go out and risk your life, risk right? It like all. The, the, and 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 the For rite of passage. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And the rite of passage thing that you mentioned before. I just finished reading a book called um, King Warrior, Magician Lover. So shout out to John Chanon who passed that to me. But it's um, it's a it's a book. It's it's two psychologists who are Jungian psychologists, and it's basically the four archetypes of the mature masculine. And yeah. you know, each archetype has a shadow in it. So like you know, you've got the king, you've got the warrior, you've got the magician who's sort of like the thinker, the tinkerer, and then the lover, which is you know the one who you know is like the explorer or the you know you can deduce from the name. But you know, one of the things they talk about in there is in you know throughout history, uh, you know, men or the masculine energies had to go through like a rite of passage to transform into, like from boy into a man, mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and to sort of go through that. And and we've sort of lost that um, in modernity. For and sure. it's funny, I was having a chat sort with... Of. Sort of. No, we have. We've, we've, fucking we've totally gone. gone. <laughs> we've totally gone. <laughs> fucking gone. Everybody's so, an adult baby, right? And, and you know, I was talking to Paloma about, um, so to my, my girl um, the other day, about like, we were having a discussion about sexual market value and, you know, how like, at a certain point, you know, women's sexual market value starts to fall at around the time as men's sexual market value starts to increase. 
and it creates like a lot of you know uncertainty and friction because you know like sort of men we mature in our 30s and you know women have sort of hit the peak you know in the 20s now that, that that's another conversation that i don't want to get into right now but what I, I like something hit me during the conversation i was like fucking hell i've been reading um i've been audiobooking uh the the biography of rockefeller recently and looking at what he created but like he was already the richest man in the fucking world by 30 and he genuinely came from nothing he genuinely came from fucking zero and then you know the founding fathers you know in their 20s and all this sort of stuff and i started thinking about how much sooner we matured as humans hundreds of years ago and oh. prior to that like you look at alexander the great had conquered the fucking yeah. entire world yeah, yeah. by the time he was my age yeah yeah, yeah. What the fuck are we doing today? No, so, so like, you know, I, I've got a note here, which is, you know, modernity has, has made humans into pets. And, you know, that sort of ties into my disdain for that little fucking pet, you know, that I mentioned earlier. <laughs> but it's like, you know, we, we have all become pets and, and it has come from the pursuit of safety and comfort instead of freedom and growth. Mm -hmm. Like they're different pursuits. Mm -hmm. Like growth is fundamentally uncomfortable. Like if you want to grow as a human being, you need to get outside of, you know, quote unquote, your fucking comfort zone. Yeah. And what is outside of your comfort zone? Uncomfort, yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the like, entire premise of fiat. It's avoiding or consequences or at least delaying. Staying them. inside your comfort zone. And, you know, and what happens is it gets smaller and smaller and smaller and the world gets smaller, less meaningless. Yeah. Until it finally catches up with you where there's fucking nothing left but you. Yeah. And you're like... I have nothing. I have no meaning. I have no purpose. You know, so, so your safety and your comfort deliver you to fucking pointlessness. Whereas, you know, freedom and growth, yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, you might fucking die young and everything like that. Something might happen or whatever. But that's where the fucking largesse of life exists. Mm -hmm. And the entire, the entire creation of the fiat system started off as a means to create a bit more safety and comfort. Right. Because we want some safety and comfort. You know what I mean? Like... You know, when you go and take a shit, you know, you don't want to take a shit on the fucking floor and dig a hole out of the floor yeah, and that, then cover that it. Yeah, right? because of fiat. That's not, like, no, but, why it was developed. Well, in, in a sense, it was. Like, the, the movement towards comfort. So, so, actually, fiat is not... Fiat came after the move towards comfort and safety, right? So, we, we, so we, we've kind of always desired that, right? We, we like, have, but that's the thing. So, so, but what we've done is we've optimized safety and comfort. Sure. And made it more important than freedom and growth. Like, so, so that's the, the values hierarchy is completely inverted, mm -hmm. which is, yes, we want some safety and comfort. It's absolutely fucking important. I like going somewhere nice and chilling out and relaxing. Sure. It's fucking cool. Like, I like going to Whole Foods in Miami sure. and seeing a whole fucking array of things. <laughs> well, it's like, it's the, the, the fourth turning kind of argument where, you know, once you get to safety and once you get to the comfort zone, I mean, you, you, you strive towards that. But if you're born in comfort then you, you're supposed to have this, um, you, you become soft. It's an entitlement. But this is why I think in a hyper-Bitcoinized world, we are going to see an archaic revival of rites of passage and ritual and 100%. all this kind of stuff because we're 100%. going to realize, okay, we're going to establish extreme comfort and wealth and prosperity. That's a problem. No matter how vigilant you are, that's a problem. What practices and rituals and all that kind of stuff can we put in place in the culture that's going to at least help stave that off or mitigate it or minimize the influence right like how can we have ordeals for our young people or how you know like whatever it is i'm not gonna you know i can't think it up off the spot but just like whatever they use it for 
in previous cultures, right? Like when you turn 13, 18, whatever, rites of passage, whether mm-hmm. it's like a week in the forest or it's like, you know, fighting to the death or pick, mm-hmm. pick your culture, like something like that that's going to remind people of the harshness of life and give them gratitude for the comfort and the security and the prosperity that they have. And do that consistently so that stays top of mind. Like, well, I think that will be a part of the culture. Sure. That's going to be far more real in a world where, again, the specter of reality is so near, mm. which is in Bitcoin, you will lose your family's dynastic inheritance mm. if you are a fucking loser. And you have no way of keeping it by taxing or inflating your way into holding it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what, like, so when you look at, for example, people give the whole Rockefellers a lot of shit. Like, he was a fucking animal, man. Like, he fucking built something that nobody else, you know, could match. And mm-hmm. now, but you look at the, his descendants, you know, just increased in a level of cuckery because they came from wealth, but they were able to keep it through the institutionalization and bureaucratization of that wealth. And they don't have to add any more value. Whereas in a Bitcoin world, you know, if my descendants are cucks, they're going to squander everything on hookers and coke, and they're not going to have anything. Yeah. So I'm going to build in to multi-sync, you know, <laughs> ordeals that they must go through to unlock Bitcoin to have it. Yeah. Well, Seriously. No, for sure. And I was, I was. Just, you must fight your brother to the almost death. I was just <laughs> thinking about that. I was just when you were talking about rituals and you're talking about this. I just had this uh, image like the the transfer of the private key ritual yeah. from yeah, yeah, like yeah. which of the sons and and I was just telling John the other day like, you know. Um, if I die, maybe one of the things, well, if, when, well, if, I guess. <laughs> um, when I die, um, one of the things that I want to do is, uh, who deserves, who deserves my Bitcoin? So obviously when I have kids, it's going to be my children. Um, but it would be fun to have an Easter egg hunt so that only someone that can see the world exactly yes. the way that I do, yes. Yes. um, can have that. And, you know, talking about Rockefeller, like the fact that Rockefeller is, illegal today you know it rockefeller has been banned and anything coming close to rockefeller has been banned why well because you are not allowed right now to innovate without permission right you're not you're not allowed to to just do shit and change the world and then have the world adapt to you um you to ask for permission before and um in society i mean society has always progressed in leaps when people have risked an insane amount for an insanely high reward and then having done that you know society kind of slowly catches up to them afterwards mm-hmm. and that's why like what major innovation have we had in like the last 15 20 years can you n- bitcoin other but other, other than uh, yeah sure other than bitcoin uh, we can 30 send, years we can send dick pics much for, easier 40, now. 40 years yeah. have we had any innovation i mean it's just Again, talking about the moon is a harsh mistress, written in 1966, they have the internet. The internet technology has been invented and people are talking about it. And I mean, nothing, have we invented, you know, a better version of the internet or something as radically transforming? No, because right now, if you have any kind of sense of adventure and um, heroism, um, you need to ask for permission to do anything. And then, of course... If a hero needs to ask for permission to do something, he's not a fucking hero. Well, he's not gonna do it. He's gonna be like, "Wait, fuck this!" Like, uh, I if if I need to ask for permission, I'm just not gonna do it. Obviously. So um, yeah, you know what's funny about the hero is that 
I mean, it is the focal point of all of our stories, right? Mm -hmm. All of our foundational myths, all that kind of stuff. You know, Harry Potter, fucking Jesus, all this kind of stuff. Like the hero is what speaks to us on the deepest level. Mm -hmm. But we only, there's a dissonance that causes us to only appreciate it when we're separated from it or when it's in the past, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone will be like, yeah, Alexander and Genghis Khan and all these people, like, wow. Like, mm -hmm. Now, you could argue they're not necessarily the heroes, they're just kind of bloodthirsty conquerors, you know, but whatever. Like, people idolize that kind of stuff in hindsight, but never in the present moment. Sure, sure. Right? It's, right. Just, it's such a funny dissonance. Because by like, definition, you're going against the consensus. Right. Right. So the hero is the one that breaks consensus and then is vindicated later on exactly right? so, so there's a reason why he broke consensus because everyone was wrong and everyone and, and he did something outrageously risky and, and then, then once they're vindicated everyone's like oh yeah of course of right. course he was a hero and then now the new consensus is around this new hero obviously and Harry Potter is a, is a great uh, uh, great great analogy, an analogy. Uh, did you get that from Peterson's second book uh, just he's used it a bunch right right and then there's the other um, uh, in his second book there's also a, a great part about um, Jesus breaking the rules of the Sabbath, uh, and how like like Jesus the the, the character of the rebel, mm -hmm. and just framing it as the the holy consensus of all the rabbis and everybody agrees on on what to do and and Jesus proposes things that are common sense like well um, we were hungry on the Sabbath so we picked some fruits in the field <laughs> and you know I need to feed my people because we were marching and then we broke the Sabbath rules because of things that obviously makes sense you know. Uh, and, um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, things that obviously make sense today now uh, to us, uh, breaking this consensus of irrationality, um, hopefully we just move the normality forward uh, through this. But I mean, if to the point of Rockefeller, like right now we just don't see that anymore. Like Bitcoin is the only thing you can do no, because yeah. Bitcoin is the only thing that you can do without asking for permission. Yeah, the, 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 I, I did a tweet like, in my old account before I got banned, which was just, and it was trite, but I just said that the last, you know, giants we had um, were uh, Tupac in like, in, you know, musical artistry and Steve Jobs in um, Thinger. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that was it. After Steve Jobs died, like, you see the whole technological world go, yeah, you know, through the fucking floor. Like, you know, the, the hero, the heroes became the fucking cucks of, Zuckerberg and you know those fucking losers mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you know Steve Jobs was the last actual guy who wanted to build um, and earn money for value like you know mm -hmm. he, he was just a fucking didn't give a shit about you know process this and that like you know do you know about a number plate <laughs> thing like he, he drove around yeah. With a temporary number plate for the entire fucking time he no way. yeah like so he refused to get a number plate Steve Jobs? Yes, he refused to get a number plate because he ah. thought it was immoral for the government to give him permission to drive a car. Fantastic. So, and oh, he did great. that all his life. Even when he was a billionaire, Fantastic. he did not register his car. Fantastic. And, but, you know, that, that was a fucking hero. That was the last entrepreneurial hero. And, um, and a, a good way to see, to, to know if you're the hero, is if the global government, media, and cultural establishment is supporting Support your cause. You're not a fucking hero. You're not a hero. That's why exactly. I, I, I really like the the imagery of Greta Thunberg being this hero of the Extinction Rebellion, like the only thing that stands between us, uh, like just the, the earth collapsing is and it's her 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 stare, her powerful stare, you know. And 
She's got literally fucking governments inviting her to speak and and banks, you know, having uh, uh, eco awards within, you know, like, like you're not a hero if everybody's cheering for you. I mean, you're you're a hero uh, only if other heroes are cheering for you. Those people are total false heroes. And it's so evident in all those people like Greta and AOC and anybody, all those people. Ego. So much fucking ego. Like for Greta to get up there and you know do the whole "how dare you" thing. Like all I see is some misinformed little fourteen or sixteen year old that Dude, is not humble enough. What's that? She's actually almost twenty. Is she? Well, yeah, whatever. She, but you, that's part of the she trick. She grew up in front of. Oh, that's yeah. part of the trick. That's part of the Vitalik type trick. Is that she's a perfect. She looks five or six years younger than yes. she actually is, and they position her as this. You know. Right, twelve-year-old looking girl. But just to assume she's so right to to conjure that emotion, like mm-hmm. I, to me, that's and you can see it in all of them. It's so egotistical. And like I know, sitting around this table, we're pretty confident and convicted about certain things. So some something similar could be levied toward us. But I think we know it's of a different kind. And like I think the real hero has you know a, an extreme humility in the face of the unknown, which requires courage to lead to truth. Mm-hmm. That's the real hero. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you don't need courage if you've got the banks and the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, and Davos paying you to come and right. Oh, sure. Give a talk. That, 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 you think that, that doesn't make well. You don't. You don't need courage if you get bailed out every time you yeah. fail. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah that, well, that's it. That, that's the removal of risk again. Mm-hmm. It's like you know people taking. That's where like people like Elon, you know, like anger me so much. It's like. There's no risk there. Like he, yeah. he got a bunch of money. Yeah. He got a bunch of free money. But I mean, the look, thing with it's Elon, not all bad. You can't like, take it all away. Yeah, from you can't take it all away because he's he, done novel things. He, yeah. But it's not even the novel things. He actually did hustle, so I will give him that much. Sure, like yeah. he, he, he actually almost went bankrupt with Tesla. Like he, he did hustle. So the thing is, he, he's he's kind of got the the fiat derangement syndrome in the sense that he actually has the ingredients to be you know a crazy type entrepreneur like he has the ingredients to be a remnant but he's just been so rewarded he didn't have the backbone to fail that's the thing like like sure he went out and took a risk and worked hard for his risk and then we can argue that he failed at tesla and got bailed out yeah correct correct I mean, without the EV industry, without the ESG industry, it's yep, just, just yep, popping yep, up. Yep. Would he ever? Because, because yeah. now investing in Tesla is a guaranteed like way to rebalance your ESG quota. I mean, I feel like Elon just played the game in the arena he was placed in. Yeah, like he was like all these fucked up incentives that the fiat you know system generates. Sure. I'm just gonna play that as hard as I can. And you know, on a on a, on a level, you got to give him credit because he played it better than everyone. You know, most people can play it. You can criticize them for saying it's immoral to even play that game, which we would probably be on that side of to a certain degree. But like, you know, he just completely leveraged what that system allowed him to was, Sure, I think he but was lucky for being in the right place. Yeah, the right sure. Time. We all have a bit More of that. Than anything else. Well, Russell Crowe in Gladiator is not a hero because he played the game better than everyone else. Right, right. Of play course. the game because he said, "Fuck you, I'm out of here." He was, and, right. and but that's the point about heroes. Yes, 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 yes. It's always in yeah, hindsight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's why Musk is a false hero. Yeah, no, because the hero also um, the hero needs to die uh, if he has to die at some point. Like the hero doesn't at the end at the end when the hero has failed in his mission, he doesn't like, oh fuck, drop his sword and run away. <laughs> Shit, I've been off too much and I can more than I can chew. Like, 
Well, because that's the final <laughs> act of conviction. It's right. the final act mm-hmm. to say, I actually believe in these principles so much mm-hmm. that if my death is required, I'll give it. Yes. yes. That's yes. the most powerful shit there is. <laughs> and uh, 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 on that note, mind. do you know anyone who would sacrifice his life for the fiat central banking cartel? If it came down the line, absolutely. You know, it, you know. If it came down the line, you're like, well, you know, you've got to, you, you know, grab the gun and you know, <laughs> it's your turn, Bob. Go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh wait, what? We actually have to do that. Um, whereas one thing that I know from Miami, and I know that from other conferences and hang out with Bitcoiners in real life, there's there's a lot of people that are more than willing to sacrifice their, their life for the cause of Bitcoin. It's that much, it, it, like it's it's that compelling of of a cause. And people believe in it so fucking much. I mean, the thing is, like, what we're talking about here is when shit hits the fan and the, the comfort is removed and the illusion is removed. And uh, so who's who's left standing, right? Uh, fuck yes. Who's left standing at the end of the day? Like, so we're just in a battle against the times right now. Right? That's that, it. That, that's where I think when I was talking about before, like, where things are going to shift so quickly. Yeah. Is that that's literally what it's going to be? Is you know the, I think it's going to be faster. It's going to be faster than so. We had this discussion uh, also like a uh, I think a week ago. Like how fast is the shift going to happen? So how fast is the economy going to collapse to a point where it's not only um, you know unsustainable, but it just has stopped sustaining us. Like right. we literally run out of food. We run out of um, we we you know people are on the streets. People are rioting. People are murdering each other. So one of the first dominoes just fell Cuba. Like they're all starving there now yeah. because of the because of the lockdown measures, and the whole country's flipped out now. Yeah, I mean, how fast? I mean, it's gonna happen. I don't know. I don't know how fast it is gonna happen. But if you just use the heuristic of how bad things have become over the last 40, 50 years, quickly, right? The amount of I mean, it's the first generation that we know of where. Um, people are worse off than their parents. I mean, I'm sure it has happened in the Middle Ages or something mm-hmm. like that, but the first in recorded modern history. Um, so how fast do you think that's going to happen? Like, how brutal? I mean, I can only imagine that it's going to be insanely brutal. Yeah, like, well, really it, has, it has to be. Once this the order established right. by the yeah. money goes down, it, yeah. it, the, the effectiveness of establishing order goes down, in a centralized system like we have, you have to ratchet up the control to keep things together. Right, yeah, right, right. And these systems are going to juice every last drop they mm-hmm. can out of people through the money. And as that fails, and as right. its, its coordinating capacity fails, well, Big Daddy's yeah. going to have to do the coordinating. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's yeah. oppression, that's authoritarianism yeah. completely. Yeah. You know? But yeah. I don't know how long it can persist for. I mean, look at Venezuela. I know it's an isolated case, and if it happens en masse, maybe there's different yeah. dynamics. But like... You can oppress a people for a long time. You can, yeah. but it's accelerating right now. Like everything is accelerating. I agree. Everything the the boomers are retiring. Yeah, 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 and that's it. And we've got so we've got you've got an acceleration of the the way information spreads and misinformation and confusion and everything like that. But you also have the largest demographic retiring or all mm-hmm. dying off, basically. Fuck, man, it's it's gonna be like this decade, and this I keep saying this. Retarded. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. This decade's gonna be a disaster. Like it's gonna be, we're gonna like. Oh, it's gonna be awesome for us, <laughs> for sure. Well, we're gonna have a blast. It's gonna be a mixture, a mixture. I think turbulent you know, for some for of us, it's gonna yeah. be annoying, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's gonna be like if this, if the table here is like complete destruction of fucking humanity, like we're quickly racing towards it, and sometime this decade, like the pockets of hope. Are like kind of pulling the fucking reins on this sled before we mm-hmm. hit that, and we're gonna like go and sort of come up. Mm-hmm. That that's that's gonna be this decade's gonna be 
hitting the trough yeah, true. and coming out of it. Yeah, true, true. And I think by the end of this decade, things are probably going to be similar to where they are now in terms of overall quality. Um, and then the 2030 it's, it's, to 2040 you're, will be you're where right. we'll the there, there, There's still too much hope for, for it to... There, there's still too much hope right, uh, out there right now for, yeah, for it yeah. to collapse. Like, if you look at the mom and pop small store owner, like, we're going to pick ourselves up by our, by right. our bootstraps and we're going to rebuild this and then you're going to fucking get hit again in three years and then it's going to take, like, another few hits. But people are still... And now it's just because the pandemic's finally ended. People are like, oh. now there's, like... It's gonna get better because the pandemic is ending. There's like this wave of hope where, oh my god, people are gonna get so disappointed. So disappointed. That's even the case, the situation Bitcoiners are in. Yeah. Because they're, they're like, things have been crazy. And, and they know in the back of their minds that this is not the case, but you just, you know, the, the, the inertia of life is just like, hopefully it'll snap back to normal and like there'll be a reprieve or whatever. But I think coming to terms with the fact that like this next decade or whatever the period ends up being, but at least the momentum of what's happening, like, it's only going to be more of that and like all those questions that you want to avoid and all those things you don't want to deal with right now because they're kind of uncomfortable and they require Mm. all this stuff unfortunately you probably should be dealing with them because you know to use your term you know like this is a type of war and not to sound like all radical and stuff Mm. but like it's not going to go in the opposite direction. Like, there's going to be more of mm-hmm. this type of stuff. So, mm-hmm. how should you be situating yourself and adapting and planning and all that stuff? And I don't have the answer because, like, we're all trying to figure this out, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, it just coming to terms with, like, let go of the it goes back to being easy and normal again. Mm-hmm. Maybe for periods, but this, like you just said, like it'll there'll be a, a reprieve and then something bigger will smack you in the face mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, just accepting the fact that like this is the world now. What are you gonna like what are you gonna do about it? Buy some fucking Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> preserve where it starts. Pre- preserve the Bitcoins. Save save our wealth. We need to yeah, we need to like build our own little like fleet of mini planes that we can like fly around and get around and shit. Kinda like Pablo Escobar and the guys did, you know? But honestly the best thing we can do is for all of the Bitcoin remnant to just keep talking, mm-hmm. like just just to keep doing it. Honestly, like we've been doing relatively well in terms of strategy as a community, just building this culture, and also yeah, building the culture, building the network, building the because building the relationships that we have. I mean, I don't think the, the thing is it's so impossible to see now because we're we're beyond rationality, right? So it, it's it's impossible to apply logic to an illogical construct. We're living in a world where everything is illogical. So you're trying to plan how are these things gonna go in the future? And if I can plan how it's gonna happen in the future, then I can place myself in the right place at the right time. Now's the time to be nimble, man. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Nassim Taleb perfectly described it. Um, You have to make yourself any fragile and and anything that happens to you is a good thing for you. You know, um, yeah, nimble, adaptable, light. Like this is not the time to have roots somewhere. Um, yeah, well, specifically, like, or, or or to have a single set of roots. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's another whole set of discussion because uh, these are there are two strategies. Well, in terms of building a, a citadel, for example, there's two strategies. You can either place your get the bitcoiners to come to you. Or you can transform your existing neighbors into Bitcoiners and get roots somewhere. So you, if you put roots somewhere, it needs to be the right spot. If you're nimble, then you don't have to 
worry about whether or not you're in the right spot, but you don't get some of the benefits of having roots, mm. right? Which is mm-hmm. having people that will have your back. Um, but sometimes, you know, you don't want necessarily people to have your back. You just don't want your neighbors to turn against you. Um, are you more worried about your neighbors turning against you? Are you more, it depends. It depends. Um, but yeah, things are going to get, and things are accelerating now, even with just the mandatory vaccines and all that kind of stuff. I mean, things are, things are getting rough. Things, things are, I think we've been just so, uh, accustomed to just things getting so rapidly worse in the last year, year and a half that we just don't realize how worse they're becoming so quickly. I mean, just the idea of, I think we do. We do, yeah, but a lot of people, a lot of normies don't. I mean, it's insane. Everyone's, you know, tweeted out like, you know, what was a conspiracy theory last March is right. now de facto. Oh yeah, question. Yeah, the know? quarantine hotels in Canada. What the fucking fuck? Yeah. I mean, just I still can't believe we have quarantine hotels in Canada at, where women are getting raped in and shit like that, and there is nobody calling for the assassination of the prime minister. Yeah. Seriously, like, isn't that bizarre? Isn't isn't that weird that no one's openly like rebelling and shit like that? Now, um, with the with the mandatory vaccines, the vaccine passports, I think. Are, <laughs> I used to think that was the last straw. You know, I used to I used to say, well, the last straw is going to be when they force vaccinate people's children. Then that's going to be the last straw. People are not. No, of course not. People are lining up their children to get their vaccination shots. Well, you shots. control the information, the narrative, and you control right. everything. It's like yeah. uh, Jacinda in New Zealand, that clip of her yesterday, being like, I mean, we are the single truth. source yeah. of truth. Who said that? The, Jacinda, the, the, the she, she's like, of New if you see anything anywhere else, just disregard it. We have all the information on our government <laughs> website. And she used words we, like Ministry of Health, yeah. Ministry of Truth. She like, said, we are the single source, source of truth. We are the blockchain of... <laughs> There's only one single source of truth, bitch. That that's the, that's my fucking she's Bitcoin just, node. She's just so revolting. I know. Like, she's, she's so revolting. She's horrible. Man, like, I remember a couple of years, like, well, actually, it was in 2020, people were like, Jacinta is a national hero because look at how she, you know. Because um, of her ethnic background, I'm sure. No, no, no. no she, she's, she's a white woman, okay. like, who's, like, I don't know, know is that the, the PM of, of New PM Zealand? PM of New Zealand, basically. Okay. So she's this, like, classic, you know. SJW, like, you know, looks like a horse, kind of, you she's know. She's the Justin Trudeau she, she's of New Zealand. Exactly. Pretty she's off putting in the same way. You know how Trudeau talks, and you're just like, oh my god, you're yeah. such a fucking weasel? She's yeah. like that, you know, she's like a lot of yeah, 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 head yeah, yeah, movement. Yeah, and like, like weasels uh, identify with her. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and everyone was like we're kissing the, her ass last year. She's such truth. a brave, you know, leader because of the way she handled the, the pandemic in New Zealand. By you know basically putting people into COVID camps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know a lot of, a lot of super brave, a lot of brave involved there. Much brave. Um, yeah, gents, I gotta bounce. Any final thoughts? You know, in, in closing. Uh, on this? I was gonna say, um, Bitcoin at a million and then ten million. What do you start doing with your life? Do you want to go first? He, he, <laughs> I, I, he asked me that question like yesterday. I and primed you a little bit. I know. And I answered, uh, what's my answer? I, at 1 million, uh, I'm still just surfing and doing nothing. Uh, and then I said at 10 million, that's when I go back. I go back to Quebec and I'm, and I, oh no, what did I say? No, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, no. So the first thing I said is Bitcoin at, at 10 million, I will be presiding 
the um, the court martials. Yeah, that's right. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be uh, guilty. Right. So I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be chairing the the COVID trials. Yeah. Um, and using my 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 network and fortune and and past tweets predicting everything to like get me in that position where I can guilty and like sentenced to death by hanging in the public square <laughs> which is a lifelong dream of dream of mine to sentence what, legally of course to anybody that's listening I would never advocate to kill politicians illegally I would only advocate to do it in the context of you know bringing back the death penalty and having all these trials and, and doing it like this um, but I think I think that's like definitely the the number one thing I would do is just lead honestly is like lead the because people need to be punished and and it just seems like there's nobody willing to punish anymore in our society so that's what I would do yep. like but that's not that's 10 million because at 1 million I'm still chilling yeah because yeah. 1 million is like 1 million is like in a few years so 10 million is that's in you know a little yeah. a little longer I don't have ambitions like that I mean <laughs> I uh, I want to have a big fat family in a beautiful environment and uh, you know have bring bring you guys, like-minded people around, and just be strong. Yeah, when we need no, a break from hanging We'll work out, we'll eat good yes. food, we'll talk about interesting shit. I mean, because at that time, like, what's the next thing going to be? You know, like, once the Bitcoin battle yes. is fought and won, yes. there's going to be something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not, maybe not necessarily such a big battle, but there's going to be something that calls us forward. Yes. So, you know, I want to be a part of exploring that kind of shit yeah you know? no that, that was that was the answer I gave you but you, you looked at me and you're like that's such a lame answer Francis because yeah, I, I said like what, like what do I want to do like the real thing is I just want to be left alone I really just I really like when people leave me alone and in my space and and the the fact that people other people exist and force me to acknowledge their existence in multiple ways just drains my mental energy so totally that I don't even know what I can do anymore so just leave me the fuck alone and then I'll figure out what I want to do. Like, yeah. at, then I'll be in the right space. I'll think. probably do something with psychedelics because it's such an, a fascinating realm to me. I want to explore it more. And, you know. we'll, we'll just have we'll just have <laughs> we'll just have the freedom and motivation to do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. And, and like that's just what matters, right? It's like I think curating. Like, we're gonna crush it. That's what we're gonna do. We're right, gonna fucking right. crush it at anything we want. I think curating <laughs> a new elusis that kind of calls me forward. You know, like you familiar with elusis, ancient Greek. Uh, rights where you know the most powerful and influential people from the greek world would go to eleusis and have these you know sacred mm -hmm. rights and it'd be the most important experience of their lives uh -huh. where it was super hush-hush uh -huh. yes, yes, hush yes, yes, and they yes, wouldn't yes, be right. able to talk uh, about yes, it yes, yes. Some, you know something like that where like good people converge yeah. to get even better you know to right. like to develop to explore whatever whatever it ends up being uh, you know mix of psychedelics and ordeals and right john will be the remnant shaman <laughs> yeah, well, the, the magician. There's the magician energy. The magician, the, you know, uh -huh. king, warrior, magician, lover. That's exactly what that energy is. Mm -hmm. I, I think. I think like after after this shit happens, we need to. The, the only thing after winning, we need to make sure is that it doesn't happen again. Well, that's right. the thing. Yeah. Right. So, so, so that's why. That's why. Why I believe in the age of kings. So like for me, you know, my strongest, you know, King Svetsky. Seriously, yeah. my, my my thing is like you know of those four archetypes, I'm very like overbalanced in warrior with a bit of magician um you know that there's and probably Svetsky fucks lover kind of <laughs> but um, you know sort of I, I think you know in my in my 40s I want to sort of transition over to like the king energy which is you know re re-establishing order um also because I think in the short term short to medium term it's going to be the fight 
and I think you and I probably really yeah. connect on the warrior energy yeah. side yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah. yeah. Is um, you know, I'll I'll be right there with you, like you know, in the committee judging <laughs> ju- judging the hangings. Oh. Um, and I, I I actually know what I'll do. I I thought about this a lot. I just remembered. I will fix the garbage. Okay. What yep. garbage? The garbage problem. Yeah. Like just trash garbage. Yes. I will get rid of the garbage. I will make the garbage disappear. And in 150 years, Probably putting it in your freezer. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> that, that's. I mean, I'm 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 trying it out right now. I mean, just put it in the freezer. <laughs> How it all started. That is <laughs> not very heroic. Freezer in the jungle. Put the garbage in the freezer. Uh, I don't really know where to put this stuff <laughs> in the freezer. All right. Okay. Let's let's end up. That's fantastic. Gar- garbage in the freezer. Yeah. Garbage in the freezer. Shaman. I'm gonna build Svetsky Airlines first, and then build some cities. Pumped. <laughs> Sounds good. That's, um, that's where we are, gentlemen. Thank you so much. This was this was fucking fantastic. I like these conversations. Always fun. Absolutely. I bet this was like an hour and forty-five minutes. Hour and fifty. Oh yeah. boy. Wow. Perfect. Okay.